If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show talking basketball now with Robin Washhead. And it's been, uh, man, it's been a week for Fred Hoiberg and his crew as they have turned themselves into a traveling professional basketball team over the last couple of weeks. And we, we knew this was coming, Robin. Um, we knew they were essentially going to be like a, the Washington generals of the big 10 having to mm-hmm. <laughs> play a game every night, anywhere back to back. I mean, and I don't know if you've looked this up, Robin, but has there ever been a team in the big 10? I know other leagues are doing this now to save money for COVID, but has there ever been a back to back deal like that ever? And that, that you can come up with in a major conference, not, not like a summit league type deal. Well, I mean, like with Nebraska, the last time they played a back-to-back was in the 20s. <laughs> so and it, as far as the uh, conference goes, they played Hawaii back-to-back when they were out there in the 70s. But, I mean, it's it's rare. And I think Maryland was even further behind that. So, I mean, this was uh, pretty uncharted waters for, for everybody. And so, no, I mean, major conference teams don't do this. I mean, outside of conference tournaments, uh, playing two league games in two days – it just doesn't happen. And, you know, obviously there's extenuating circumstances here that everyone's going to have to try to adjust to, but uh, it seems like Nebraska has really gotten the short straw in every one of these situations. I mean, so even go back, like before they're shut down, you know, they were supposed to open uh, against Wisconsin on the road, and they ended up moving that game back a day because Wisconsin had to make up uh, its Big Ten – no, some, some non-conference game uh, with Louisville and because Louisville was shut down with COVID. And so the Nebraska accommodated with the Big Ten and pushed their game back a day, gave themselves one less day of preparation uh, for Michigan, their, their home conference opener. And that kind of just where it's kind of snowballed from there to where since the shutdown, I mean, they've just had it piled on them where every 48 hours and sometimes every 24 hours, they're playing a, a conference game and, you know, obviously seven games. 12 days over five states. They traveled over 4,000 miles in the span of two weeks. Like that just doesn't happen. And you know, it's the situation Nebraska's in because of their shutdown. And there's also something to be said for if they really didn't want to play these games, they could make a big stink about it. And Fred could be like, you know what? Find me. We're not playing these games. They're not, they're playing and they're going to try to make the most out of the situation. But there is zero question that this is an absolute, uh, chaotic, uh, disaster, of a schedule for Nebraska, and they're just trying to make it through it day by day. That Michigan game on December 25th feels like years ago. Oh, and Nebraska telling, was Nebraska was like tied at the half. It was 36-34 Michigan at the break. And you kind of like felt like, shoot, they got a chance to win this on Christmas Day in Lincoln. And then obviously we know this season and what the month of January looked like for Nebraska. And 
Now, Robin, Nebraska is one in eleven in the conference, so there's eight games left. I mean, of those remaining eight, how close to the twenty do you think they'll get to? I mean, I guess it seems like they're on track to try to get as close to it as possible. I could see, you know, them getting maybe eighteen at minimum. I think that might be a little bit more realistic, just given uh, what Nebraska's already had to go through. Um, but really, so they're playing Saturday, you know, home against Penn State, or sorry, um, against Purdue, and then Penn State's coming to town on Tuesday. There's games on the schedule after that, but everything beyond Tuesday the 23rd is subject to change. So there's still games getting moved around. I know uh, Fran McCaffrey this week was talking about, you know, when they're going to make their uh, make up the, the postponed game with Nebraska, and he thought, you know, he threw out a couple windows that maybe they could try to pack some games on in the back end of the season. There's there's a couple windows that, if you look at it, uh, would make sense, but it's still all being discussed right now. Like everything is still in flux beyond Tuesday, and that's the, I mean, that's been like that for a couple weeks now, where Nebraska is literally figuring out who it's going to play days before the game is scheduled to happen, and it's again. Uh, the the least ideal scenario possible, but it's just kind of the reality of what they have to do in order to play a full season. Yeah, it's like if you play Wednesday, Saturday, they're like, all right, we're going to figure out who we can make it move so you can play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Exactly. And and that, that's kind of the puzzling that we've seen go on here. And then obviously the back-to-back. And if you're Maryland, you're like, absolutely, we'll play Nebraska back-to-back. we got a great chance to win two games at home. And now all of a sudden Maryland is in a very good position on the bubble at 13-10 and 10. And they've gotten their record up to 7-9 in the conference. And, you know, in the Big Ten, it's a Big Ten win regardless. So I, I think this league right now is it going to get anywhere, Robin, it appears between 8 to 10 bids. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, probably 9 is the likely, or do you think they can get 10? Yeah, I think 10 still very much in the realm of possibility. And Maryland is kind of that, that last team that's that's got a chance. And so getting two straight conference wins in two days was a really big is deal. Is Indiana in right now, or are they out? Uh, they're, they're in, but Michigan State's out for sure. I mean, they basically they have to win the Big Ten. Yeah, there's four teams that are out. Northwestern, Nebraska, Penn State, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Then the other 10 are all. So Nebraska like dealt Penn State like a death blow with that win. That Losing to Nebraska at home was huge for, like, really bad for Penn State's NCAA tournament hopes. And so, you know, really, I mean, there's still a legitimate chance they can get 10 teams in, especially if Maryland's able to keep it up. You're listening here to the Husker Alliance show. Robin, um, you know, there were some flashes. Obviously, um, Friday, they, they go blow, blow for blow with a potential one seed. They should have won the game against Illinois. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you've been around a lot of them, Robin, of losses in the last 10 years. That had to be right up there um, with how just the disappointment you can oh, see in sure. that last possession to have a chance to draw a foul and win the game on a free throw or just do something. and Anything. To sit up there and <laughs> get a shot off. Drive a dribble the ball like you're just trying to run the clock. I mean, well, that what happened on that play, as you might imagine, was not what was supposed to happen on that play. From the way I've watched that play a lot, and <laughs> I, I watched you know a couple different views, and there's one where uh, you can see Fred uh, on the sideline throughout the whole thing, and uh, you know Trey's holding the ball. Teddy Allen comes up to him and looks like Teddy's calling for the ball. Trey doesn't give it up, and then they both kind of just stand around there and look at each other, and <laughs> Teddy puts his hands up like, what's going on? And as soon as he does that, Fred does it at the exact same time. So clearly, I mean, at least I would uh, guess that that meant that Teddy was supposed to get the ball on that play, and for whatever reason, Trey didn't give it up, and then he decided that you know, he was going to have to go make a play. And another part of it, 
I think Delano Banton was supposed to be on the other end of the floor. He was supposed to be in the corner as a kickout option for a three-pointer, and he went to the wrong corner. And so as the play's developing, he's like scrambling to get over the other side. So for the majority of those final 16 seconds, they had three guys kind of off to the side on the opposite corner with Teddy and Trey not knowing who's supposed to get the ball. And it was just an absolute disaster. And for, for that final play to cap off the effort they gave to have a chance to win that game, was such a gut punch, but you know they responded in a really good way uh, two days later at Penn State. And yeah, you think about Fred Hoiberg and what he brings to the table. Like you're like, all right, Fred Hoiberg is a mastermind basketball guy. Doc Sadler knows how to draw something up. So you're like, they got a timeout. The ball's on the sideline. They had a. Gr- I mean, you're like, this is where Fred Hoiberg can, you know, maybe outmaneuver a Brad Underwood or somebody and, and draw something up here to get a shot, just to get us a shot. And, yeah. and the fact well, that they didn't. You, there's a reason he was so mad after that play where he's ripping off his mask and throwing it to the ground, screaming. That Fred Hoiberg does not do was that. Was that the most angry you've seen? Absolutely. No question about it. I mean, he's been mad before, but like <laughs> – <laughs> it's like spiking. He his went like Nick down. Saban. Yeah, I mean, it was like full blown like rage that that play went the way it went, and so I think it's kind of just sums up what Nebraska basketball has been this year and how frustrating of a year this has been for Fred Hoiberg in particular. But they win Penn State, play Maryland tough two nights in a row, but just have that proverbial run out of gas Nebraska basketball moment where they go several minutes without making a field goal and miss several layups and. Then Maryland gets wide open threes and starts making them, and you know they they had, Maryland was not playing well no. for a lot of those games, and Nebraska could have jumped on them, but they just could not hit shots. What's funny is that the first game, you know, Nebraska lost that game by fourteen, but you could argue they played better in that first game, and things just got away from them. And again, you go back to the second half against Penn State, Nebraska won that game, but they went eight the eight and a half minutes without scoring a point, and it wasn't until. Teddy Allen's last second game winner that they finally broke that streak. So uh, they, you know, they were having issues staying, keeping their legs under them for a full 40 minutes, even before going to Maryland and playing two games in two days. And uh, you could just see uh, the second half of both those games, Nebraska just wore down. And really in the second game, uh, from the very jump, they were out of it. And Fred, after the game said, uh, you know, he gave his pregame pep talk and usually guys jump up and are screaming and, you know, ready to run and take the court. He said he he gave his last little speech and then guys kind of sat there for an extra five, six seconds, slowly got up and, you know, started making their way to the court. And they just they look like a team that didn't really want to play from before the game even tipped off. And they certainly played out that way uh, as the game went on. And Maryland now with a net ranking of 35. So they're they're in pretty good shape going forward. Penn State, as you mentioned, Robin, they have a net of 38. Yeah, they were 31 when Nebraska played them. (laughs) Nebraska got a quad one win. (laughs) Uh, Fantastic. Well, we're going to close the show when we come back. Uh, We had our final in-state tour event in Omaha over the weekend. Uh, Had a great turnout. Nate Klaus and I will discuss that and more. You're listening here to the Last Carline Show.